like throwing me for a loop with all of these new things that keep popping up oh seriously what's popping up yeah so now recording time and then it gives the little like bubbles of who's connected that's what I see too so they must be giving you the same thing that the person who starts the recording has too yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) The thing you never had before. The thing I've never had before. (laughs) Well, how are you? I realized we didn't say in the last episode we should have said Happy Thanksgiving, which we didn't. So everyone, I hope you had a Happy Thanksgiving, even without us wishing you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Holidays that probably shouldn't be holidays. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) But yeah. happy Thanksgiving anyway. <laughs> yeah, nonetheless. Um, you're back in the green room, back in Virginia. I am back in the green room, which always makes me like, I mean, it's a beautiful room, but it always makes me a little bit sad to record here because there are no cats allowed. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like the most sterile. That actually, I actually am a little bit creeped out of that room because that's the room I sleep in when I come home. Yeah, um, there's something about it. Oh, maybe it's just literally that uh, that TV has the propensity. Is that the right word? That it happens frequently has the uh, the tendency. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. That TV has the tendency to turn on in the middle of the fucking night and it will play <laughs> the credits to what dad was watching before I got in. Yeah. So it'll be like the dark night will start at like a million volume at like. 4 30 a.m and it's not fun yeah that is horrifying I also think it's a little creepy because it's like so detached from the house it's like there aren't any no one can hear you people (laughs) (laughs) yeah like there's no other ways like out I guess yeah even though that's like really silly because it's probably like the best room to escape from because there are windows that go directly to the ground floor to like our driveway it's true and windows that are like along like there's windows on two different sides and then a door so you could like literally hop out yeah into the driveway or like to the front yard that goes to the driveway or like it's just really close to cars like if you need to escape the house that's true but it also means if anything comes in from the driveway you're the first first to die for sure i think about all the time (laughs) when i'm there Um, yeah absolutely and but i also think it's because there are no animals here that like any noise you hear you're like oh my god that's not an animal (laughs) no it's true you can't blame it on anything yeah exactly yeah um speaking of well the holiday weekend and being places where you're not usually um john and i went up to like the santa cruz monterey area this weekend and it was really great but i had to like i was gonna text you about it and then i was like i'll just tell her tonight since we're recording yeah um i had this i did the stupidest thing so (laughs) and it took years too so basically i we were up there we had a really great weekend we like 
you know, did our Thanksgiving thing. We had this cute little like cottage like in the in the like redwoods. We were just like hanging out and doing like ridiculous, like watching King of the Hill all weekend and it was fine. And then there's a Kurt Russell movie, uh, Christmas movie out that we watched too. Kurt Russell is Santa Claus and it's great. Everyone should go watch that. But so today we checked out this morning and we were like, you know, driving back, but also like, well, if there's anything that we could think of that we could do just like kind of quick on the way back before we really start driving back, we'd do that. And I, at the last minute was like, oh my God. The mystery spot is up here. Like, I have always wanted to go. I've heard, like, so much about it. Okay, I just say that, and that's actually not even true. I've seen people have bumper stickers on it and heard people say the words, like, oh, the mystery spot. And that's, like, all I can recall. Because for fucking years, I had built up this image in my head that the mystery spot was, like, a, like a cozy Northern California bookstore that sold nothing but mysteries. Oh. That is not what it is (laughs) so this morning we get to the like you know we're checking out and I'm like oh my god the mystery spot it's so close like I didn't even think to look that up we should go check it out so we go we're like winding through the woods and I'm like oh my god this is kind of away from the the um you know main drag of the road I would have thought it would have been like closer to like downtown Santa Cruz downtown you know any of those little towns in there But I was like, maybe, yeah, no, that's really cool. If it's like a mystery bookstore, sure, it like definitely should be like tucked away in like in a mysterious little spot. And so we get there, we drive like probably a quarter mile on this like really crazy um, pothole, like really intense, like not well taken care of road. And there are like a ton of other people on the road too. And I was like, all right, I guess it's like Thanksgiving weekend. Maybe people are out shopping and stuff, but like, I know a bookstore crowd and like it didn't seem like a bookstore crowd. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we get there and we get out and we're like, we walk through the little like entrance gate and then we're like, wait, where are the books? And it turns out it's actually a roadside attraction that is like, basically it is really cool too. Um, it's like a, like a, um, it's like one of those like optical illusion type things where it looks like you're like defying gravity. I kind of equated it to, I mean, I shouldn't say what it is like, cause we actually didn't do it. Cause we didn't know how long it would take. And we were like, <laughs> we knew how long a bookstore would take. We don't know how long this will take. Uh-huh. Um, so, and we like just wanted to get back to our cats. Uh, so we just got back on the road, which is embarrassing, but yeah, apparently it's like, I was trying to like equate it to like, I wonder if it's kind of like how in some of those, like, you know, those like amphitheaters that you visit when you're traveling and they have that, um, I don't know what to call it, but that audio trick where it's like you're on the oh, stage. Where you like it's... clap and it echoes or something like that. Yeah, yeah, where you're like on the stage and then even the person in the back like can hear you as if they're, you're next to them, like that kind of mm-hmm. trick. I think it's like that, but I think it's visual. So I think it's like people. Oh. And there's like a cabin in the woods thing and it looks like a hike. I mean, I honestly think it's probably not much of a hike. I think it's like literally up the side of a hill, but we just were like, I don't understand what's happening. And I was so bummed too. I have to admit, I was like, this isn't a mystery bookstore. I had like planned out in my head of like, Oh my God, I'm going to go in and I'm like going to ask whoever's working. Like the, the clerk's like recommendation for like new, like murder mystery series with cats in them. And like, maybe they'll give us ideas for the podcast. I had like all these like grand plans. And then I get there and I'm like, Oh man, under different circumstances, I would think this was cool too, but I'm oh, super bummed. 
I mean, why didn't you Google it first? Because I'm dumb and I thought I knew what it was. <laughs> I, it, it didn't show up when you like Google mapped it. You couldn't just like click on the website and be no, like, what is this? Well, I, here's what I should have actually done. Even when we were driving, there wasn't great service in a lot uh-huh. of places. So oh, like that, yeah. I'll blame it on that. It wasn't actually that. I even thought to myself, like, as I was driving, I was like, oh, man, I really should have checked the hours because, like, it's a holiday weekend. Like, maybe, you know, bookstores have weird hours. And then I was like, well, we're already going, so we'll find out when we get there. Little did I know, we'd find out a lot more. <laughs> I'm so dumb. <laughs> this is why you always Google everything. <laughs> yep. Well, you learned it here from me, folks. <laughs> always trust google to plan all of the steps you take in life okay well maybe we shouldn't go that far but maybe yeah, you no, should stick to do your research yeah do your research actually you know it's funny this is probably a really good segue into the book because as i was reading it there were a lot of times when i was like hmm google's not a thing yet huh yes. <laughs> i guess this is a big problem oh my god also i should say to everyone listening i got a text from julia probably a week ago a couple days ago and it was uh, it was telling me yeah, that this was oh was it a while ago i don't know it was a few days ago <laughs> oh okay well it was of... like saturday <laughs> no wait it was what's today you maybe don't even know the text i'm talking about it's also saturday today <laughs> okay <laughs> it was like tuesday <laughs> oh okay okay um so basically tuesday is kind of the saturday of no, I'm not. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I was gonna say I'm like a Thanksgiving weekend, but that doesn't hello. Work. What what day is what? <laughs> do we even know what days are? I'm not sure. I do. <laughs> anyway, I know what text uh-huh. you're talking about. It came in uh-huh. on a Tuesday. <laughs> okay, well, the Tuesday text in question, Julia emphatically <laughs> told me how much she loved this book, and I hadn't even started it yet. And I was like, oh my god, what's happening? And then you really specifically were like. I'm not sure if it's actually good or if my standards are getting lower. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I'm really excited now to like see which one it is. And now I'm not sure I know either because I really liked it too. (laughs) I think I'm just getting used to her writing style. And so it's like more enjoyable now because I don't know, maybe it's just like we know the characters and like I'm not so offended by. (laughs) We know what to look aside from. (laughs) yeah I'm like not as offended or like shocked by the things that she writes about or like the Mm -hmm. way that she describes women (laughs) but you know what this is too I think it is kind of like what we've talked about before the like the really fun parts of like describing the books are like the the gossipy parts like the more like you know social gossipy like not the parts that like make a ton of sense plot wise but just Mm -hmm. are like uh, you know just like super fun to talk about yeah, but this, this is it's all gossip. It is all gossip, and it's all <laughs> mostly related to the mystery, so far at least. Yeah. Which and I'm really have... impressed by. <laughs> <laughs> and we have two deaths so far, and it's only halfway through the book. God, we true, we really do. Well, should we yeah. start talking about it? Since we're yeah. already, like, I feel, I always feel bad when it. we're, like, we dive into it, and we're like, oh my god, this, like, we get excited about it, and I'm like, no one knows what we're talking about yet. <laughs> yeah, but that's just a way to get people to keep listening right it's marketing we're marketing professionals here it's on purpose (laughs) (laughs) keep listening cliffhanger (laughs) because we plan ahead (laughs) (laughs) because 
if it's if one thing has become clear in this podcast it's that we definitely plan ahead <laughs> yeah for sure also can i just say we can cut this out of the, <laughs> out of the podcast because no, it's, a little, it's a little bit about my personal life but <laughs> Okay, I mean, fair. We we'll read this later. You can just tell we me. Can we can leave it decide. in too. <laughs> but also, I just have to say so when I sent you that text, it was because I was on a hinge date. I don't know if you oh. I don't know if you know a hinge. Oh, I don't, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, like Bumble, aka like, like tinder but you know like these things keep progressing and like people don't like tinder anymore and then like people don't like bumble anymore and it's the it's the the new one that i've heard about got it i don't i feature don't even think is new anymore no it has like a little x and a little heart feature wow that's really aggressive because swipe i feel like at least you can be like no i don't really want to engage with that or like anything at all but if it's x it's like a huge stamp of like no (laughs) <laughs> no absolutely not but it's kind of nice because the heart feature is like there's like different pictures and then like dis- different questions that you can like ask on the profile and like fill out and so you can heart like specific ones oh. so it like kind of starts the conversation a little bit oh that's cool I guess uh wait I have <laughs> a very like... important question yeah so you took this book on your hinge date <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what I was getting to <laughs> oh my god amazing yeah because I so this hinge date let me just tell you how terrible it was oh no (laughs) bummer (laughs) not Quillerin or maybe it was Quillerin (laughs) no not I don't know equally as bad but not Quillerin fair fair so first he suggested um meeting up and walking around a a park that I didn't know at like 7 30 at night oh and I was like I mean, I'm, like, down for walking around a park. That sounds nice. But it gets dark at, like, 5. And I don't know you or this park. Yeah. Like, can we maybe be somewhere, like, a little bit more, like, well lit? Or, yeah. wait, like, what? Public? In case you try to murder me? <laughs> or, like, with more witnesses? Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, I honestly did not. I honestly was, like pretty sure he was offended and like not gonna get back to me because he didn't he like left it for like a day and a half and I was like okay I guess we're not going all right I'll just like unmatch him I'll like wait until like the time passed that he wanted to meet up and then I'll unmatch him no problem Mm -hmm. but he was finally like oh okay yeah gotcha let's meet at a coffee shop and I was like okay great so I always like to get there early so that I can buy my own coffee and then not have to worry about bill stuff or like who's gonna pay or like whatever so I got there like 15 minutes early and bought my own tea but I brought my book with me so that's when I was reading the book that's when I started it nice yeah well I'm sorry your hinge date was not good but I'm (sighs) glad the book was good yeah it was fine it was actually it was it was okay until the end when his goodnight hug turned into a trap. A trap? A trap. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Like, he wouldn't let you go? Um, No, like, he tried to kiss me, and I was oh. like, no, and turned my head, and then he, like, just, like, hold- held on harder and, like, oh. kept maneuvering his face, <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> 
so no. shocked. I actually like inadvertently laughed in his face. <laughs> <laughs> he must have been like, oh, she meant to turn her head towards me, not away from me. Let me help her with that. <laughs> I don't know what his thinking was, but it was like, it was so shocking that I like couldn't even be offended in the moment. I was just like, is he really trying? <laughs> like, this is too ridiculous. Oh my this God. This is too ridiculous to be a thing. That's, that is so silly <laughs> and ridiculous. And also yeah. kind of awful. I'm sorry that happened. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I got over it, but I was, I did like, have the roller coaster of like the initial shock laugh and then I got in my car and was like fuming yeah because that's super like not consensual <laughs> because it was of, so like... obnoxious and yeah now over it because it wasn't that big <laughs> I mean it it is a big deal and no one should have to go through that but it like yeah. it wasn't that like scarring <laughs> yeah. but it's back to being a little bit funny <laughs> <laughs> it kind of kind of uh cycles cycles around yeah cycles around <laughs> fair enough yeah oh my god um anyway should we start talking about the book Our yeah maybe new favorite well we shouldn't say that until yeah we don't it, we don't know how it ends it's true but yeah. so far it is super juicy and fun yeah um it's a good one it is it starts off super fun too like the whole idea of like quillerin it kind of starts the same way with like quillerin kind of kicking back and like you know, I feel like most of the books we've read so far have started with Quillerin kind of like going about his routine and then he's disrupted by the fact that there is death amongst his, <laughs> in his surroundings. Um, yeah. But well, this one is disrupted by a wild party. Yeah, that's what I was kind of <laughs> getting to is that it, that was such a cool difference in that like, yeah, this wild party descends upon Quillerin, which is super fun. Yeah. That was unexpected. I didn't really think that he had any friends. And when they, it was kind of weird because they like described his kind of like what was going on in the area and they like described the play a little bit, but it didn't seem like he was like that connected to it. And then all of a sudden they like all showed up at his house and I was like, oh, I guess he's friends with them. Yeah, you know, I kind of got the hint because I was thinking that too. So basically what happens at the beginning is that Quillerin is going about his daily ritual with the cats and you know his nightly ritual. This is like midnight. That's true. It is pretty late. Yeah. So he's like putzing around and I think he like sits down to read or do something. He's like getting ready for bed. He's actually in his pajamas. And then all of a sudden the cat's ears perk and then all of a sudden the whole um pickaxe theater troupe is like descending upon him uh because quillerin now lives in a giant apple old apple barn or apple orchard barn that yeah. the clingenshgone fund has uh i guess it was on the clingenshgone property initially and then quillerin which this is actually the same barn if you'll remember from the cat who lived high um there's a moment so quillerin keeps going to that art gallery to like says out that ex-husband and the cat Vincent to see if either of them are suspects. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to remember this because I feel like we totally glossed over his oh that's true. his his visits there. So I'm not sure we described his like weird lie about trying to like redecorate a barn that apparently wasn't a lie. That's true. Well, yeah, I think we were talking about his many lies upon lies, and we were like, you don't like you are going way overboard. But yeah, apparently one of them wasn't a lie because one of them was that he wanted tapestries for um 
an apple barn. And I think he literally got the idea to move in there in that moment because then <laughs> he was like, oh, but I actually like the Clint like, oh, apple barn. Maybe, maybe I will use this apple barn. Yeah. So I think he like, yeah. as he was lying, was like deciding the rest of his fate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like really pretty interested now that we're like learning about all of these new properties that are cropping up yeah. all over the place because like now there's an apple orchard yeah true <laughs> what else is out there <laughs> and like the theater troupe is using like a, a theater that is somehow connected to this property yeah. through like another i don't know some pathway and they're using his like old apartment above the garage as like a dressing studio so the theater had to have been like in the mansion or like right next to it yeah so that was actually my what I was mentioning earlier is that I think that's why the theater troupe you know ended up at his place because yeah they were using like because so basically what ends up happening is that the the play that's been mounted is King Henry the Eighth. Um, it's got mm-hmm. a longer title, but I forget it because I don't know Shakespeare very well. Yeah, we don't know Shakespeare. <laughs> this is an, another one of those things where, like, half the book, where I'm, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of like, oh, I think I missed that reference. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of glossing over too, and I know that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be glossing over these things because those are important things. But yeah, I don't want to. This is the part that I don't want to Google. I don't want to Google that <laughs> Shakespeare quote to figure out what it means. No, so true. <laughs> But yeah, so the the play apparently is a big play with a lot of characters, so hence a lot of actors with a lot of period clothes, a lot of changing needs. So I guess um, they've been using Ray, they've been using Quillerin's garage, which apparently at the time before they, when they decided to do it, Quillerin was still living there. So that might have been another incentive to like move to the barn. But Avipato. So I think that might have been why. So I think because they're already using some of the property. And I think too, because Quillerin has just become like such a like a funny stable in the community that I think they probably thought it would be like A that he would be I actually really liked the scenes of like the party happening because Quillerin was just the perfect the perfect combination of like grumpy but fun like he just was like really hospitable to everyone he like opened his like bar he always has a bar for people even though he doesn't drink and then there was like a snack bar with like a bunch of pizza and like he just was you know kind of brought the pizza well no they definitely brought the pizza but he had like a whole area that he like opened up for them to like oh yeah 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 i think my my favorite part of this party is when he looked out his window and was like damn it I'm in my PJs and then he saw them walking up in like their yeah. PJs and he was like oh that's, it's fine never mind yeah because like I guess you had the joke being that theater people are notoriously like kind of eccentrically dressed and so he was like oh yeah everything's fine which like was they look crazy too really funny yeah. <laughs> no worries which I hardcore relate to Franklin are you gonna come sit with me <gasps> come here bud no Come here. Come sit with me. No. Okay, bye. All right. He's kind of close, but not very close. Okay. Um, Yeah, so apparently it's closing night. The theater troupe is, you know, out reveling after a standing of many standing ovations, I guess. And um, it's told like right up front. So the director, as we like read in the blurb um, last week. So the director uh, is really notoriously disliked. Mm -hmm. but everyone had to really grudgingly 
agree that he had done a good job with the production because against all odds it seems like like the production was really big there were like a bunch of actors it seemed like this play was going to be boring to the community like all these different like outlying factors but he like really pushed for it this guy hillary van brook if that is his real name which it's not we find out (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah i'm a big fan of his real name yeah, what was his real name? I can't remember, but it was something really funny. Yeah, it was like Schmurple. It was Schmurple. Yeah, it was Schmurple. It was like yeah, William Schmurple. That's, Shmurple, that's yeah, what it was. It was yeah. Um, So yeah, that jumps ahead a little bit, but that is yeah. still in this this half. So um, yeah. yeah, so the character of Hilary Van Brook is sort of from the beginning painted sort of in the way that Lily Jackson Braun does with other things. Like she just doesn't really let it go ever. Like it's very you know hit over the head of like okay he, this guy's super fucking we annoying and everyone the worst. <laughs> yeah i mean that that is like exactly how the book opens is like the description of like um Quillerin's night and he had just finished writing a review for the play and that was like half of the description of like well the director wasn't gonna give him like any time of day to like be interviewed and so quiller and didn't put in anything about the director's genius until oh, like yeah. the last sentence <laughs> oh that's right i forgot about that so that was like the opening description of like this director is obviously awful and quiller even dislikes him yeah quiller took took a hearty offense to that <laughs> <laughs> but it does turn out like we do get um a couple snapshots into him and he is kind of insufferable like he's actually yeah, he's, at the party um, which people are pretty surprised that he's at the party because apparently he's uh notoriously antisocial mm-hmm. um, which no judgment there because god if there's one thing yeah, I mean, I feel <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so he is at, actually at the party and it turns out so he ends up in this conversation with quiller and which this was actually my favorite part of the the party is that they're talking Quillerin is like, and guess what makes a second appearance? Hey, return appearance. Wait, what does? Oh, yes, the, yes. Sorry, pencil, the Pennsylvania German shrank. Yes, and <laughs> and Coco being on top of it, which is also very relevant. and Coco being on top of it. Yeah, when was that originally? It was the one where Mrs. Cobb died. Yeah, which it was, one was that one? The cat who talked to ghosts. The cat who talked to ghosts. Yeah, the cat yeah. who talked to ghosts. Because that yeah. was in the boring museum full of, like, chest of drawers and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the um, gift that Mrs. Cobb wrote Quillerin into her will for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mrs. Cobb. Or Mrs. Cobb. R.I.P. But yeah, the German, Pen- the Pennsylvania German shrank. German. Shrank? Shrank, yeah. I think that's how they shrank. write yeah. it. Which um, uh, Hillary Van Brook is in the the middle of telling uh, Quillerin that it is actually Austrian and not German, and Ew. is launching oh, into you know all of this like history. We're not sure if it's true or not because Quillerin doesn't know either. So like we don't know then. <laughs> yeah, and then right. at that moment, yeah, he's like, "I wish Mrs. Cobb was back here to set him straight." Yeah, exactly. He's like, "I wish someone who knew about this was here because I sure as heck don't know." Yeah. <laughs> But, but then, I, yeah, I feel like that was a real, like, you know, sight into this guy's personality. Like, in one conversation, you're already like, oh, I know that type. 
Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You're like, even though I like, don't know enough about this to like, call you on it. Like, I feel like you're, you're making this up. And even if you're not, it doesn't matter. Because it's so super annoying. Let's talk about anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So in the middle of this conversation, and actually, while Hillary Van Brook is asking, not asking is telling Quillerin that he's going to bring school children through for a tour to his own home which is horrifying which is horrifying it's very horrifying and then Quillerin kind of gets himself out of it in a smart way but while all of this is happening Coco has jumped onto the top of the German shrink and is just staring down Austrian shrink (laughs) how dare you it is German (laughs) Pennsylvania German yeah it is stateside German and I will hear no (laughs) other nothing else about it yeah um but yeah coco is on top of it and he's just like staring creepily down at hillary vanbrook and his terrible toupee yeah and apparently his terrible toupee and quillerin is like oh god i like well first of all he's like i'm glad it's not fucking yum yum because she would have snatched that toupee right off his head and <laughs> run away with it and hit it under the rug <laughs> which is great um yeah. But then, yeah, he's also, like, because it's Coco, he's, like, oh, Coco is, like, the... About to make a scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's either about to make a scene or, like, there's something that I should, like, intuit from this. Like, they're, mm-hmm. like, what's going on here? So, I guess the next notable thing, right, is that, is the the big, the death? Is the big death. Well, Coco made, Coco does end up making a giant scene, but it's not anything toupee related he just jumps down and cordially tells everyone to get out get, get oh out. yeah coco kind of tells everyone to fuck off but it is also 3 a.m yeah. so it is 3 a.m so i would be telling people to fuck off too yeah me too get out of my house so as everyone fucks off um what ends up happening quiller is kind of like closing down the house because it's like this huge barn and so he's watching everyone leave um and he sees everyone kind of like you know carousing out heading to their cars and i don't know it seems like maybe there there must have been some passage of time but as we know we're not always sure how time passes in this book yeah i mean i don't think it was like a ton of time passage i think he kind of like settled himself down a little bit and like cozied in with his book and was getting ready to maybe like shut all the lights off so i don't know once you do all that it was probably like 15 minutes right like couldn't yeah. have been that long. no that's true yeah that is true um so then what he ends up seeing is one car left in the parking lot everyone else has left um well now what coco ends up hearing is, oh right well we don't know what coco hears but he gets very excited and goes to the window and does his little like oh my god there's a dead body dance <laughs> that's that's true coco does do the dead oh hi Franklin hi my buddy are you gonna come sit I think you should oh good boy okay I got Franklin here do you want to say something you're, I know you're not going to but I just thought I'd give you the opportunity good boy buddy oh okay um Franklin is on board nice welcome um so what uh, Quillerin goes to discover is that there's uh, a car left in the driveway and uh, as he, or not the driveway, just like the area where everyone parks. And as he is walking out to kind of check to just be like, oh, I bet someone's like, oh, because he actually thinks that 
Um, also a callback that Susan Exbridge and Dennis Huff, spelled H-R-U-G-H, mm-hmm. even though Dennis is married and has a kid and apparently they it's two years later, but they still live down in St. Louis and Dennis lives up here and apparently like carouses with all of the just so many women in pickaxe. Um, but Quillerin's kind of worried that Dennis has gone out and is like that they're doing some uh, some things in the car out <laughs> in the parking lot. Doing some teenage things. Yeah. So, but when he goes out to check, what he finds is only one person in the car, and it is Hillary Van Brook, who has been shot in the back of the head. Dun, dun, dun. Dur, dur, dur. Dead, body. Dead body. Dead freaking body. Dead Coco body number one. Dead body number one, yeah. So, yeah, so what happens after that? Then we get the kind of typical, like, I actually am also starting to, I'm growing to really like Quillerin's like daily activity of like all just all the appointments he goes to. Like he's doing some redesigning. So he like goes to the Amanda's design shop in town and he always like, you know, will schedule lunches with people. And so kind of amidst all of the, um, the police, you know, obviously coming in and, you know, checking the, the scene and investigating He's also like talking to the like newspaper in town. He's like called called the on on call reporter to come check it out, and then you know he's also just making all of his little uh, little appointments in town and going about his little business. Yeah, um, yeah. I was trying to remember like what actually happened afterwards. So I know someone called him at like. 7 a.m. because he was like I've only had 15 minutes of sleep because like obviously the police came the like newspaper came because he called both of them to come right right get a story and check out his place but then I think the the news started going around and Hillary Van Brook aside from being the director of this play was also a high school principal oh right yes and so he he also called around to like the superintendent I think that might be it the superintendent because he's the only one who cares that that principal is dead right because he needs to like replace him obviously or like no one's grieving because this guy was terrible but you know he does need to like replace him right there's business to be attended to business to be attended to yeah but i think i think it was either hixie who called the next morning or it was fran Oh right, because we have kind of a new character this time. I don't know that Fran Brody has a new a new lusty lady that yes. Quillerin is breathing heavily for. Oh my god, he's breathing heavily gross. I forgot that was a line. <laughs> yeah. So apparently he that was a line from when Fran was in the so Fran so all of the like community members are it's community theater, so all of the the um basically the... everyone we talked to yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> everyone we know except Quillerin is in this play and so yeah Fran was in the play so Fran Brody is um the police chief's daughter yes which I don't know Chief Brody's first name but yeah um yeah he is or she is Brody's daughter um who has just moved out and apparently Brody is like kind of shows Brody's like old-fashionedness because um, I guess one of the things that's been happening is that Fran has moved out and her dad is like 
kind of like put off by it because huffing and puffing about it yeah because he apparently (laughs) still thinks that women should either like get married and settle down or just like live at home until that happens which bye pretty sure he's albanian (laughs) (laughs) and to be to be fair even quillerin is like that's not how things are anymore like you can't you gotta give everyone some leeway (laughs) yeah we're not given her age but we are assured that she is a full-grown adult woman (laughs) yeah (laughs) not rebelling as like a 16 year old who should maybe still be at home this is like an adult (laughs) yeah you get the impression that because she's working at this design studio so you get the impression she might even be done with college that like she might be you know she's probably my age yeah I would assume that she's like yeah yeah so um so yeah she's great so Quillerin is spending a lot of time with her because he's she's helping uh quiller and do the interior decorating for his barn which apparently mm-hmm. dennis huff and his new construction company did a lot of huff and puff, huff and puff. Oh, i think is great <laughs> no you're so right i'm so glad you remembered that oh my god huff and puff construction <laughs> yeah oh my god so good hixie's idea by the way oh my god yeah if they were banging like i feel like everything is implied that they're they're kind of banging yeah, I mean, well, I don't know, but it maybe, but I think it was like that mention of, you know, Huff and Puff being her idea was like a nod to her like advertising genius. Oh, that's right. That's right. More than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Hixie. Um, yeah, because she has some great ideas in this book. I'm like a big fan of Hixie's right now. No, Hixie's great. No, I, I wasn't saying it with any judgment. I just was gossiping about their yeah. potential affair. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, I kind of get the impression that like she's been after him for a while, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure about his stance because he always seems to be linked with Susan. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I got them. Yes. I was confused. If I think that he's banging anyone, it's Susan Exbridge. Yeah, it's definitely Susan, which is weird because she's like his mom's age and yeah. was his mom's friend. Well, yeah, she was the business partner. She, Iris Cobb and Susan Exbridge were going into business together for that um, antique shop. Yeah. I think it's even still yeah. called like Hixie, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Hixie would have been a, a, a better fit, in my opinion. Yeah. But also, so. he's married, so neither of them. I know, I know. Yeah, let's stop matching. Yeah. yeah we especially matching him with women. Yeah. especially with what happens in a little bit which we'll get to in a little bit yeah for sure yeah um, okay anyway mo- moving on moving on Oof. um yeah so what does so yeah i feel like we get oh the next couple things that kind of intertwine is that uh so there's some not some i don't know how to put it just some like maybe weirdness between quillerin and polly in this book that starts pretty yeah. early because quillerin Oh, speaking of Hixie. Quillerin's a jealous bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Quillerin is like such a, anyway, I mean, I feel like neither of them are like well suited for each other. I get his suspicions, but I'm just like, he's so, he talks so, or thinks, I guess, so much about Polly's jealousy. And then he comes out with like, why is she so happy? Yeah. And he's like literally planning trips to like snoop around in the town that she was in. Yeah. So Polly starts off this book in another town for a wedding. And so she does not she goes to the play with him but then like she wasn't there the last night and he she wasn't there for the celebrations and then like 
the next day she stayed a little bit longer because she was like having such a great time and like um also taking she... her oh i was just gonna say she got invited <laughs> to brunch in the palomino paddock <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because someone's taking her out to brunch and she's a grown-ass woman and can go to brunch with someone <laughs> if uh, she wants yeah. to and also it's called the palomino like... paddock <laughs> yeah. i'd go to that Cloran gets a little huffy about it but yeah so he ends up taking well oh he got huffy because she canceled their dinner plans that's right i remember now oh that's right never cancels yeah he never cancels plans and got offended that she canceled anyway he ended up taking hixie the description that's right they went to was delightful i know (laughs) it sounded great (laughs) but um yeah so that's i think that's where the the weirdness with him and polly start and everyone's like oh like we noticed she wasn't at this like rager that you threw and she wasn't like you were with another woman at dinner time and then like that gossip starts so small town things oh my god literally everyone is like anytime cooler interacts with anyone they're like how are you and polly what's happening (laughs) where's polly i think even the when hixie shows up because hixie shows up late i don't know if this will this probably won't factor back in, but Hixie shows up late because she's been in a car crash and apparently just goes to dinner anyway, which I don't know. I'm not going to judge. I might do anyway. No. Um, but she shows up late and all like ruffled. And then so she sits down with Quillerin and even the, I guess Quillerin's up at the bar and Hixie runs up to, to him and is like, sorry, you know, I'm late. Oh. And even the bartender is like, I don't know if I'm going to serve you because where's Polly? Like just everyone apparently is like, yeah um but then i guess getting back to the threads of the actual mystery so quillerin even though he pretty initially states that he's like not gonna get involved or investigate he gets involved and investigates like it's yeah oh we should also say before we go through that thread um so i was laughing reading this because last time when we read the blurb we were, I remember you being like, so is the cardinal a bird or like a cardinal, like a religious man? Oh, and it's both. <laughs> it's literally both, if not multiples of each and every one of them. <laughs> yeah. So Hilary Van Brick in the play, if no one knows the characters of King, King Henry VIII, because why should you? <laughs> one of them is a cardinal who apparently has a lot of lines and is like a major character and Hillary cast himself as that part. <laughs> what a bastard. <laughs> because why not? But then in this barn, which is delightfully described as like cat heaven, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Quillerin also has like little perches for his cats to look out the window at the cardinals that live apparently like at his window yeah and there's one cardinal in particular that you know comes up and Quillerin keeps calling Coco's friend and I'm always Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't necessarily say that they're friends because I'm pretty sure Coco wants to murder him I mean yeah Coco would probably murder him in an instant but it does harken back to the whole like cat who saw red thing yes Coco does seem very enthralled with like everything red in this book also that's true and they even talk about that when um Lori Bamba if we'll remember who is Quillerin's assistant slash letter writer slash resident cat expert of (laughs) course how could you forget (laughs) yeah um so she comes by at one point and they actually talk about it a little bit of like 
how much color can cats see um you know and especially she even brings up red as like especially being especially vibrant for people who can't see color and I think she even says what was it her grandmother who went blind and she was talking about like how she doesn't think cats see red so much as feel it and yeah she did talk about like her I think I think it was her grandmother who went blind but could still like sense things that were red and like always knew when something was red yeah she said that she always wore red too because she felt like it gave her energy which I thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. um but anyway yeah so that's a little bit diverging but the other cardinal um I think is actually like we were describing the um tiles um last time that are actually on the cover of the book oh yeah Coco keeps knocking over old tiles from a typewriter yeah, it's either a typewriter or a print set or like a oh, print, print Yeah, it was a printing something. Yeah, because they're like pictures of animals. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm i pretty sure one, a couple of them were birds. And then we also get the bird watcher yeah. from Polly. Polly was apparently trying to, quote unquote, convert Quillerin into a bird watcher, which mm-hmm. I just don't know how you convert another person into bird watching. I feel like you're either born with that or, <laughs> or not. Yeah, it's not really like something that I would necessarily think that people like pick up readily unless you're already interested in birds yeah exactly I also need to tell you that as I'm looking at the I have the book in my hands and as I'm looking Mm -hmm. at the tiles um the horse head still looks like a mushroom cap to me that's still the first thing I see (laughs) yeah well if you're holding it upside down sure (laughs) (laughs) which of course we know I am (laughs) yeah but I will say so I know you you said the the tiles like the one on the book does have a cardinal on it but the other ones I feel like were Chinese zodiacs oh interesting. I don't know if like that's something that is going to be tied in but Hillary Van Brook was like kind of enthralled with like eastern cultures and apparently was like fluent in Japanese and like I know that's not the same as Chinese but I think there was something about you know various Asian cultures in there and I was kind of thinking like I don't know one's a hare and one's a horse aren't those both Chinese zodiacs is horse a zodiac an ox is zodiac I don't think ox is definitely zodiac I think horse is a zodiac. Hang on, I can look it up. And then Google? Out. Google, help us. Google, help us. Yeah, and I can't, I feel like one of them, like one of the tiles that he tossed on the floor was like a rooster. Oh, yeah. You, were... you might be right. That's actually a really good guess. I just looked it up. A horse is a part of the Chinese zodiac. Oh, all right. Yeah, I don't, I mean, they have not explained the tiles yet, but no. that, was, that was, like, one of my guesses as to, like, why there are so many various animals. Well, you did call the jogger last time in the last book, so I will forever bow down to your predictions. <laughs> <laughs> I just know the crazy you mind just, of Lillian Jackson Braun. I understand. You're, <laughs> you're just slowly becoming her. <laughs> and Quillerin all wrapped up in the same person Uh, I mean they might also just be a little bit the same themselves too (laughs) probably I will say back circling back to this barn which I like I'm kind of picturing I know it's described as a barn but I'm like picturing it a little bit like a silo I don't know why (laughs) oh really because I'm picturing it kind of like a big Colorado log cabin which I know is also not right (laughs) oh okay well we both have different ideas (laughs) what this is I don't yeah I don't know why I think it's round but for some reason I like see it as round but also sort of like log cabin-y but like 
big and open. Yeah, well, I definitely got big and open. I definitely don't have round. Mine is the one I have in my head is very rectangular, but I definitely have very open because that's the one thing, whether or not they, whatever shape they, I don't know that they even go into that. But the biggest thing they talk about is how cavernous it is and how there are all these like beams for the cats to walk on that are Mm -hmm. like 30, 40 feet up. So, like, it sounds they have their own floor. That's yeah, right. They have the their own cat room, just like you. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I mean, it's like it seems like the perfect place for like an indoor cat to be stuck indoors because yeah. they have like all of these, you know, like the wall beams to climb and like jump from like level to level and like big windows to look out and watch birds and their own loft with a TV that Quillerin puts bird videos on for them. <laughs> It truly is cat paradise. Like, it's just cat heaven and a person happens to live there. Yeah, yeah. Who is also a little bit of an indoor cat himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I guess the, so then the mis- the mystery threads that start mm-hmm. happening. Um, so Quillerin follows the lead. Yeah, what? start? Well, he basically just starts looking into Hillary Vanbrook because I think, I mean, who of us wouldn't look into a man who is just so hated by the community and then is murdered. Like, I don't know. There's just something about that that's so interesting. I mean, he's also like a little bit sucked into it, I think, because he is like kind of a suspect as is like everyone else that he's friends with. Well, yeah, because everyone, I mean, literally everyone has a motive. And everyone was there and it was in his front yard. Right. True. Like, yeah, exactly. Any character that we have heard of really who is still with us uh, who is not dead already yeah um yeah pretty much everyone was there at Quillerin's and also especially because they were all working so closely together on the production all were like you know had butted heads with him at some point um Hillary Mm -hmm. and um you know anyone had a motive especially apparently Dennis Huff because um he kind of emerged as this person who was like throughout the rehearsal process kind of sticking up for people like apparently there was like this sweet old person uh who was just there like literally like a doctor had been like hey why don't you get more active like why don't you try the theater troupe and so this person is just like in it i think i think he was was like yeah it was like for therapy (laughs) yeah it was like literally just therapy and so and then this like director hillary comes in and is like railing on him because he's like not loud enough and like not an actor and like of course he's not like god let the let the old guy just do his thing yeah which is one of my suspects i know he's a sweet old man but he also was playing the other cardinal oh shit oh julia you just know these books better than i do (laughs) i think you're oh and and edding so this is eddington smith right uh, oh, I don't I actually don't remember his name. I know that they call him Ed Edd, and I think it's Eddington something. But and that was the person. So in the the slew of calls that Quillerin gets as he's like waking up the next morning after he's found Hillary's body, mm-hmm. um, Eddington did actually call and say like, "Oh my God, are they going to suspect me?" Right? Wasn't Eddington one of them? Probably a bunch of people called Quillerin and were like, "Oh my God, am I a suspect?" And like, well maybe i don't know yeah <laughs> like was he he might have been the one who like had a gun and was like are they yes. gonna, like should i get rid of it and clarin was like has it been discharged recently and he was like no like then no don't get rid of it. yeah and clarin was like it that was a really you're right that was that conversation and then that conversation yeah. was great because 
Quillerin also like as the guy's talking Quillerin's like you can like hear it in the way that his like his like di- it, like mental dialogue happens in the writing and it's like Quillerin knew about the gun already obviously from yeah. the way that it's written and uh-huh. so he's like listening to this guy and like as he's asking the question of like has it been fired and then like right after that it's like Quillerin knew he didn't even have bullets and so the guy yeah. is like yeah no it's never been fired Quillerin's like uh, yeah I know don't get rid of your yeah, yeah it's, it's fine. fine you're fine no yeah. one's gonna suspect you you literally don't have ammo like everything yeah, um, yeah. except but... for me I suspect a little bit I know but... I was gonna say if it is him <laughs> and he has it, like... it would certainly be a surprise <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah Quillerin starts that's interesting okay so we'll have to earmark that for next time yeah um, well, you're right I mean the other the other uh, suspect is obviously the one that, like, I think we're being led down the path of a little bit more is the, like, mystery lady from out of town. Oh, yeah. You know, I actually don't. I know that I should suspect her, but I don't suspect her. Like, I think you're supposed to hate her. So the other. So the. the other well, I, I don't think. I don't know if you're supposed to, like, hate. Well, yeah, like, everyone's, like, miffed about her being picked from out of town. But, like, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know if we're supposed like supposed to suspect her either but i know we're so, so supposed to suspect that like something is going on there because hillary was like super nice to her and like picked her from out of town yeah. like hand picked her from like people that he worked with in the past so it's kind of like mm, what was going on there that's true yeah i i didn't really think of that either but i did think so yeah so she's the one the like funny part about the whole production and hillary being an asshole is that he right he played the cardinal himself even though everyone else they listed all the people that like wanted to play the cardinal and it was like everyone in town and then they listed all the people that wanted to play lady catherine which was also everyone in town but then he gave that part to a woman he already knew in lockmaster the next town over which everyone was super miffed about because like why wouldn't you keep it in pickaxe if you could keep it in pickaxe yeah come on come on but yeah she's right i felt like I felt like we were, I, yeah, I wasn't, so did you suspect her? I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily well, I think, suspecting her. I think I was, I was a little bit suspicious, I think, at first, because, you know, they invited her to the party, and she, like, wrote down the address and how to get there, and then never oh, showed up. Oh, yes, you're so And so right. I, I was a little bit, like, ooh, of all the people who were, like, there, anyone could have, like, lagged behind, but if it was going to be someone who, like, knew where he was and, like, knew where the party was going to be, you know, of all the people, like, probably no one but her, like, knew that information. Yeah. No, that's so- actually super interesting, especially because paired with um the fact that from the beginning even though everyone in town fucking suspects dennis huff um mm-hmm. quillerin from the very beginning is like i don't think anyone in pickaxe did it i think someone from out of town did it so it really pairs well with that that like she would yeah. be kind of an outlying character but someone that we know so it'd be kind of fulfilling but also someone from out of town yeah but then she did write that so Quillerin eventually at some point does end up snooping through Hillary's apartment yeah he like post-mortem yeah yeah but he did find that super sweet letter from her that was like because Hillary like asked for money for gas for her from the theater oh right and so she wrote that like really nice letter being like oh my god it was like it was so nice of you to like contact me and like 
ask me to play this part and I didn't like wasn't expecting anything like you didn't have to give me that money but like thank you so much and so I like it kind of seemed like from that letter that she was maybe not privy to all of his motives or like maybe he was just being super nice to her for like a weird reason yeah that's true she she was just kind of like someone going along with it being like yeah sure this guy's nice to me I'll like be in his play why not that's true yeah that's true there's definitely something there that's not yeah that we're gonna find out We'll find out in the second half of the book. Yeah, yeah <laughs> because exactly. we certainly haven't learned anything in this. No, half. we are very ignorant to what has happened between the two of them and what may <laughs> unfold. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a big plot point too. Is that Quillerin, because he's still kind of leading down the um, the path of looking into Hillary Van Brook just in general. Um, mm. He sort of tags along with um, Fran Brody. So he like, you know, is seeing her a lot just to finish up the decorations for the interior decorations for his barn. And which he actually does get giant tapestries for. He does. That ended up not being a lie. I know. That's true. He manifested it. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, keep going. (laughs) No, that is so funny. Um, So, yeah, he like tags along with Fran because basically Fran is mad that, um, you know, of anyone who is probably not is probably not Fran because Fran um, is like super pissed that Hillary has been killed because um, the design firm she works for, Amanda's design firm, who full circle, Amanda is Arch Riker's girlfriend, lover. I don't know what their term is, uh, but yeah. which I just remember just now. Forgot that was a connection. I know I did too. Um, such a small town. I know it's, it's all <laughs> there. I love that. Like now, the more it, it is, more fun. The more you read of them, because it's like it's just you know so much more fun now. Yeah. yeah. But so Fran is super pissed that Hillary is dead because she's like it's super inconvenienced their firm because uh, Hillary just put in an order for these like what are they like window? No, they're blinds. They're like a really specific yeah, style of blind, some sort of like decor. But it was like a big order. Yeah, it was like ten thousand dollars almost, or maybe more, like tens of thousands of dollars. Like she said it yeah, in which a way. in whatever year this is was probably more than what it sounds like now. Not that ten thousand dollars doesn't sound like a lot, but it probably would have been more. Right. True. Yeah. Even more. Yeah. Um, which they apparently are going to try to claim because he hasn't paid for them yet. They ordered them um, and he hasn't paid for them yet. So they're going to try to collect through the estate. But then also Fran was doing a sneaky, which I thought was a sneaky thing where she was like basically not breaking in. She had his keys because she was doing other stuff for his um, like interior decorating stuff for him. And so she was like, well, his blinds came in, so I'm going to fucking drop them off at his house. So she, like, goes into his house and, like, I think installs these blinds. <laughs> yeah, or at least drops them off in Yeah, his possession, his post-mortem possession. <laughs> post-mortem possession. <laughs> yes. Yes, that. Yeah, but... Yeah, Quillaren tags along because he's nosy. <laughs> oh my god, he's such a snoop. He's also looking for his own fucking book, which apparently he can't find oh, anywhere. <laughs> I forgot about this. Yeah, this is the part where I was like, so you don't have Google, huh? Like, no Amazon in this day yeah. and age. Or you even like, order your own book. Couldn't you just call your publisher? Like, who did you publish that through? You have to know who published that for you. Yeah, it does sound like it's been like a decent amount of time 
That's true. Since it was published, because like libraries don't even have it anymore. That's true. It, it, it did called around of... to like everywhere, and they're like, "What book?" Right, right. <laughs> it did kind of like tickle me a little bit that it was like he just nowhere had his book. It also yeah. has a funny title. Do you remember the title? Oh, it was like City of Brotherly Crime. Yes, that was it. I had forgotten, but that's definitely it. City yeah. of Brotherly Crime. <laughs> I mean, I'd read it if it came out anywhere. I mean, if it's by Quilleran, for sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So what's next? So the other thing, the oh, the other big thing that happens is that um, Dennis Huff, pronounced mm-hmm. Huff, but spelled H-O-U-G-H, and it's mm-hmm. brought up every single time anyone talks yeah. about him, um, goes missing. Dun, dun, dun. So, Yeah. So he becomes, like, suspect numero uno, obviously, because no one can find him. And they're like, he's on the run. And Quilleran's like, no, he just went back to visit his family, (laughs) dum-dums. But, like, obviously no one knows where he is. So, like, it's I don't know. I think it's pretty reasonable to suspect him. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought kind of both. I mean, the thing that was um, against Quilleran's, and even Quilleran at one point, is, like, especially towards the, the end of this half. Um, oh, sorry. We should have said we're doing this in halves. This is part yeah. one. We will part, finish one. part two next week. But um, yeah, so even towards the end of this first half and before what eventually happens, um, even Quillerin is like, even though he's told everyone like, no, no, he's just gone back to St. Louis. No, he's just gone back to see his family. Like, of course, he's just gone to see his family. Like he repeats it over and over. But everyone, it's almost like as soon as any he says that, someone else will say yeah but he didn't tell anyone and he's like yeah social I, and right and even Quillerin was like why wouldn't he tell me <laughs> right well it, it's funny because it seems like everyone just like fucking loves Dennis Huff because literally everyone is like why wouldn't he tell me he was leaving <laughs> why wouldn't he say anything yeah. yeah so then that thread kind of goes down a really pretty dark trail pretty fast I was like reading last night um late at night in the middle of the redwoods and I was like Oh, this got like really Yeah, this got hard. this got real. Yeah, it really did. The end of um I think it's the end of chapter five, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um it was just like, whoa, all of a sudden, oh my god. Yeah. Um, so right, so what ends ends up happening also like real questionable. What do you mean? Oh like the the choices that were made. Oh yes, choices. I thought you meant like whether or not it was it was like intentional or unintentional. Oh, no, or... no, no, no. I think it, well i don't yeah now we don't know I, I, now, now i'm questioning i thought it was pretty cut and dry but... i think it is too yeah yeah so I, yeah i guess the first is so he goes missing and then there are people who sort of here and there are spotting him like one person spots him uh or supposedly spots him in like a, a close town and then is it hick I think it's, yeah, it's Hixie who sees him going to Quillerin's second house, his, like, cabin. Yeah, his, like, cabin in the woods. Um, yeah, which I, have we been there? Do we know what that is? Yeah, you know, I think. Is that I, the one where he got lost on the way to Polly's? No, well, ish, I think that's in the same book. I think that's the one that um, Junior Goodwinter is, like, running around the woods and, and like, hunting but like oh, not hunting okay. and then like hurts himself and like I think he's near that cabin at one point. Okay. Gotcha. So apparently Wayward Souls go to this cabin because Dennis mm-hmm. Huff um 
is looking real bedraggled as people are spotting him sort of around the outskirts of town. And um, then Hixie comes flying into Quiller and is like, uh, I just saw Dennis's van at your property, like out, you know, I guess it's like an hour or so outside of Pickaxe. Mm-hmm. And so they hop he in. Rough. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cause did, she, did she see him? She saw him like slumped over his steering wheel and was like, uh, he looked kind of questionable. Like we should go find him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she, they get to Quillerin's, they drive the like hour or whatever it is and they get there. They don't find him, but they find tire tracks and they find what's something about like, they, he hadn't gone in the, in the cabin, but there was something else outside the cabin that he had Oh, it was, I think it was just footprints. I think it was footprints and tire yeah. Um, But he apparently at one point did have a key to the cabin, but didn't anymore. Um, so I guess maybe he just like thought he did and then forgot that he didn't. And then when he, once he got there, he was like, oh, I'm not going to like break in, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Although he sh- maybe should have because it might have saved his life potentially if he had had a place to ha- hole up. I don't know. Because then the next thing that happens, and like definitely trigger warning, this gets a little dark. Um, Quillerin goes home. I think it's that like next. No, he goes. He was like, well, if something, like if something triggered Dennis to go into hiding, and he's like doing, he's like living out of his van and doing these crazy things, then like he obviously has a reason. Let's go to his apartment and see. Like oh, he, shit, what happened right. that like what he found in his apartment and like if he got a message like something yeah, obviously right. like he went home from that party and something happened at his house and right. like then he like left so they go to his apartment first that's right and they and- don't like let us know like we don't hear the message but Quillerin plays it for him and Hixie and he's like Oh, he, like fuck. Towards it and is like, oof, this is bad. Like, yeah. I'm gonna let the, I think he, he records it for the police chief. He's like, I'm gonna let the police chief listen to this because it'll clear Dennis's name, I guess, in his mind. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then he goes home and it's like, you're kind of ex- like, I was definitely expecting, like, oh, like another nightly routine and like a quiet clue from Coco or something. And literally he walks in and Dennis Huff has died by suicide by throwing himself off of the, one of the rafters that they keep talking about that the cats walk on. Yeah, which is kind of a, a throwback to like the history of the barn because it's said yeah. that someone else had like hung themselves from the rafters before. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but it was like someone like a farm worker, maybe like one of the old farmers. Yeah, you know, did they mention that? God, we should we should know we by should pay attention to the past stories. <laughs> yeah, we really should pay attention to the past. I don't know why we stories. don't, but it really didn't seem that important. Well, I almost at the was... time until Dennis yeah. hung himself from the same rafter. You know, the only thing that makes me think that this one actually is potentially not as much going to feature like the historical mystery um because nothing else has been mentioned about it yeah it's because there's no other threads for that and it's also um like i was actually about to say like i don't know that they even really mentioned who it was or like any even the story behind it like i think if it yeah they like they they did mention it a couple times but they never given detail right exactly like i think if it was gonna mat like 
uh, factor more in, it would have been like, you know, oh, we think it was a farm worker or, oh, we think it was a disgruntled, you know, yeah, laundry worker, you know, something. Right. It would have been like a cool, like a small thing that you could have yeah. on to, but we would have gotten more. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, one of the things that like, so, oh, so I guess we should go into the reasoning now. Yeah. So the, right, yeah. the message that Quillerin heard on Dennis's answering machine was kind of warranted and expected and I don't know why it didn't happen sooner but it was Dennis's wife being like you're an asshole I'm leaving you I found someone else to be a parent to our son because we haven't seen you in like two years and your son doesn't even know you anymore right and it like pushed Dennis off the deep end which you know fair marriages ending is a you know messy tragic thing but at the same time like was he not expecting that to happen like what did he think his wife was doing for two years while he was living somewhere else and like fooling around with all the ladies in town yeah I don't yeah I don't know I I, I do think we're going to hear more about that part of the story because yeah. they do relate it to um, it even like touches on Quillerin's past in that Quillerin is kind of like, oh, like, I totally, like, relate to, like, a marriage ending and hitting rock bottom. And, like, mm-hmm. he just, I think at one point he's even like, man, I wish that I had, like, gotten to him in time because I right. could have talked to him. And, like, right. I mean, maybe the outcome would have been the same. But that, you know, I don't know. It just seemed to relate too much to Quillerin for it not to come up again. And you're right. It's also like, yeah, I guess he was going back enough that it wouldn't have been unusual for him to go back just on a whim. And there was also Quillerin did start telling people that apparently I think Dennis had told him that his wife was in the process of selling their house and moving up to pickaxe, which obviously was not the case. If she was, you know, finding a new father for their son, she was never planning to move up to pickaxe. Yeah. Seriously. Just, yeah. My other question in the scenario is like Dennis was obviously trying to do this in one of Quillerin's properties yeah like his plan was to kill himself in Quillerin's house whether it be like in the cabin or in the new converted barn and like I don't I like I wonder if that's going to be explained at all like why didn't he go back to his own apartment why did he yeah, well, I also go to Quillerin's first like empty cabin that he knew was empty, and then to Quillerin's like house that he lives in. You know, part of me wonders though if he had been able to get into the cabin, if he was able to like hide away and just be like you know quiet and introspective and like been able to hide out for a little bit, if that's what he was looking for at the cabin, and then when he didn't get that. Because he was so connected to the barn in the way that, like, I'm so good. One of his designs, yeah. So, yeah, so that's very sad. And we, right, I think we'll probably get more of that. And that's almost towards the end. I actually don't remember what else. That was, like, so big and shocking. What was the, like, takes us up to the very end of our first half here? Yeah, so that was big and shocking. And I think Quillerin, like, kind of keeps to himself a little bit after that because yeah Dennis was uh, I don't know if they would like be considered besties but like he did work with him a lot to like redo the barn and he was obviously Mrs. Cobb's son so I think they had kind of like 
somewhat of a special connection. So I think Coleran was like shocked and like really sad and, you know, just kind of didn't want to like talk about it with anyone. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think he kind of like hold up for a little bit, had some other social interactions, but not many. He buys a new suit, but that was for, um, you know, he was talking to a friend. I can't remember what friend it was, but this friend invited him to the town that Polly had been to. Yes, it was the photographer um, that came. Oh, uh, the photographer. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So it the photographer for the wedding to, for the wedding that Polly went to, and then the photographer that came to take shots of Quillerin's new barn. Yes. New barn house. For new house purposes, that was a barn. But... <laughs> yes. But also yes. that's really fun because the cats were in every shot. Apparently they would like walk into the shot and the photographer was like, I mean, it's fine. It's just for insurance, but they were in like every shot. <laughs> yeah. It's going to look like you have hundred cats. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So the photographer invited Quillerin and his cats down to this other town for horse races that Lock like Master. aren't. The Lockmaster steeplechase. Yeah. The horse races that like aren't actually horse races. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Quillerin agrees, which is what he buys the new suit. Well, he buys like a new sports jacket for it. And he's like really miffed about it because he wanted to rent a sports jacket for this like fancy horse race event. And then tragically, Dennis passes and he has to buy another dark suit. I'm not sure why he doesn't have his dark suit from Mrs. Cobb's funeral. No, but he, he doesn't buy have another it. He dark does. suit. Okay, justifiably, he doesn't have it. And he pointed it out just really subtly, which I thought was really great. But he said um, his last one went up in flames, which was the Castle Oh, Boca yeah, that's right. From oh, last course. But yeah, yeah I, I love that he was like, oh, I'm going to rent it. And then Scotty, the guy, our like, now new friend, Scoran's always buying suits from the suit mm-hmm. store in town is like you have literally millions of dollars you're not gonna fucking buy a suit you need yeah, to buy it. he like doesn't let him <laughs> no it was the, that was the sports jacket he was like you're gonna rent a sports jacket or like a blazer oh, or yeah. like what, whatever for this horse race like just buy a fucking blazer dude like you're gonna have to dress up <laughs> eventually like you're dating polly take her out somewhere nice wear a sports coat yeah you're also like kind of a millionaire now so like you're gonna have to go to more yeah. things like what is wrong right with you? like <laughs> buy a jacket like just buy the blazer and so he buys the blazer and then when he needs the dark suit for dennis's funeral he's like damn it i wonder if they'll take the blazer back because right. i can wear the dark suit to the horse races oh my god which I realized in this that, like, they really do drum up his, like, thriftiness as that. But I'm like, no, you're just being annoying. Like, you have a lot of money. Give it to a small business. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Also, like, when I got a job, I went to Goodwill and bought three blazers that I never <laughs> need to wear because I work at a nonprofit. I just want them. <laughs> right. I agree. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess the only other. So, he's getting ready. So, when we left him. He's about ready to leave for his trip um, to Lockmaster. Um, mm-hmm. This is all. We did miss one little part that I think makes a little bit of a difference. Um, Quillerin, in the weirdness between Quillerin and Polly, Polly Quillerin goes to visit Polly at the library, and Polly gets a phone call while they're talking, and they're already having kind of like a strained, like, you know, it's fine, but the Quillerin's being weird because Polly's like gushing about her time, and I think she's also like a little bit mad at him for going out to dinner with Hixie instead of her and for spending so much time with Fran yeah right and like they really drum up um Polly's like 
quote unquote jealousy in this, which is I find annoying. But um, Polly gets a phone call while they're talking. And apparently Polly is just like beaming, like super happy to talk to them, but also then like calls the meeting that she's in with Quiller in a conference. And like, I think Quillerin is just like, who was that? And what even happened? Like, so I is, think, like, who did she meet down there? Yeah, exactly. It was like a very, like, seemed like kind of flirty, but also it's like, I don't know. He didn't ask. Like, I would have, he could have just asked and like, oh, who was that? Yeah. Like, right. No and problem. then there wouldn't be any reason for jealousy because you would know. <laughs> exactly. And going back to what you said, I 100% agree that it's like, he makes such a big deal about Polly's jealousy, but he is 100% the jealous one. Like, it's yeah crazy i mean they might both be but like he has the same problem like yes. pot calling the kettle black <laughs> yeah. pot calling the kettle jealous <laughs> yeah get out of here quillerin Ugh. so i think that's kind of it i think that actually kind of brings us up to where we are it does it does but in like the last paragraph of chapter seven is that the last one we read yeah it did kind of like give a little like ooh, something's gonna happen in this town because when he was looking at the horses that are gonna be racing oh he was going through (gasps) um and he found one of them that caught his eye and he was like "Ooh, that owner's name isn't that the lady from the other county that was playing the queen in mm-hmm. King Henry Eighth, Like, is that her horse? And then when he looked down, the name of the horse was <gasps> Son of a Cardinal. Literally, there are cardinals Whoa. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there's cardinals everywhere. I oh, but you're them. right. It was the horse on the tiles. Maybe? Oh, yes. Yeah, I think it right. Yeah. So there are, yeah, horse on a tile. Yeah, uh, so so Coco not only can sense when things are going awry and like read Shakespeare and type things out, he can also foretell the future that <laughs> you know he, there's going to be a significant horse. Well, and that Quillerin meets you know weeks from when he threw the tiles off the table. The other like really supernatural thing we get to ponder. And that Quillerin is actively pondering for most of this half of the book and everyone else is like, really? I don't know. Is that when we, you know, when we talked at the beginning about um, Coco jumping onto the German shrink and um, Mm -hmm. uh, staring at um, Hilary Vanbrook and, you know, contemplating his toupee. One of the other things that Quillerin is like, oh, I wonder if in hindsight Coco knew because he's staring at the back of his head. And so Quillerin mm-hmm. is like, I wonder if he fucking knew that something crazy was about to happen to him, especially to the back of his head, aka getting shot in the back of the head. Yeah. So Coco is now a fortune teller. Yep. A Coco, psychic. Yes. Both. I I definitely think both. <laughs> yeah. And a ghost whisperer. And definitely a ghost whisperer. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, I think that wraps it up. I mean, are there any other threads? Yeah, I think we. I mean that. Yeah, no, that takes us definitely to the middle of the book, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see what Woo! this lady from the other county is like in person, because I'm assuming we'll meet her. Yeah, well, we're definitely gonna meet. And her how she is tied into this murder? Yeah, I think she must. She must be at the steeplechase because i think it must be her Mm -hmm. son robbie who is maybe the jockey yeah i know 
they she mentioned getting new shoes for Robbie and then when it said she had a horse I was like oh was that a person or was that her horse <laughs> like they both oh, need shoes that's and then I, true it, yeah but it did say Robbie and that might have been the jockey's name I don't know I wasn't paying attention to names enough to like put it all together well Robbie also isn't really since we already have the name of a name of a horse son of a cardinal that's so much more yeah. like a, a fancy horse name as opposed to Robbie the you know horses yeah. are always named like son of the cathedral of grand pierre in france of Lyon. like horse names are insane especially when they're like on a you know a list for racing or whatever racetrack yeah they all have their official racing names but i am really interested to see how they bring all of these very disparate cardinal images together (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah which one's the one that ended up murdering him yeah maybe i think it's the bird i was just gonna say maybe it was actually the bird (laughs) it was the actual cardinal floating outside the window annoyed by this one guy and it wasn't any of the actual reasons anyone else had it was just that he looked it in the wrong way and then he pecked him to death yeah although i guess he was was a bullet but he was talking to to coco through the window and he was like he called your german shrank a what (laughs) That is I'll get Austrian. him. Don't even worry. How dare he? <laughs> yes, I 100% think that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we'll see you next week for um, the Cat Who Knew a Cardinal Part 2. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, we will, like we mentioned last time, um, we think in the new year, um, we are for the next book we do, we are going to do them a little bit Uh, a little bit slower for everyone just because we actually kind of want to get into like the gossip of things a little bit more. So we might do them by fourths, um, which will give you more information about. um, Yeah. yeah, Probably at the end of next month. Um, And yeah, what else? We have social media. We're paranormal cat Mm -hmm. TV pod on Instagram and paranormal paranormal pod on Twitter. Um, We also have a Patreon now. So if you guys do feel so inclined, like obviously no pressure at all. Um, we are patreon.com slash paranormal captivity. Um, and we have some fun tiers there just of, um, if you donate certain amounts, we'll do, we decided to make kitty world news, a normal segment for Patreon donors and, uh, also shout outs of people and their pets. So yeah, let us know what you think of that. We also, since we do have, you know, a little bit more going on now, we do have a Gmail that you can email us on any questions or thoughts or cat pictures or anything you want. Um, and that is paranormalcattivitypod at Gmail. Send us all the fan art. Yeah, oh my God. And someone sent us fan art, which was like the most, I saw that like while we were in Santa Cruz and I like, my heart skipped a beat. Like it was so <laughs> good and just, I just loved it. Um, that was amazing. And Julia made the excellent point that if Mushu knew that he was having fan art made, he would burrow into a, a tunnel forever and never talk to us again. Yeah. He would be absolutely horrified that people know he exists, <laughs> but keep making fan art. But we love it. Eventually. <laughs> Mushu can deal because it's amazing. Mushu can deal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Is there anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, um, you know, keep spotting cardinals and uh, keep loving. And those big alien cats. Oh, my God. Yes. Someone sent alien us. Alien big cats. Oh, my God. I get that wrong every time. Oh, my God. Either one. Alien big. I'm never going to get it right. <laughs> we do also. Yeah. A little spoiler. We Someone really sweetly sent us um, 
uh, a new alien big cat story. So we're going to read that article and, and uh, give you a little little update on that as well soon, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, my cats are about to wreak some havoc, so I'm going to go. Yeah, but, sounds um, great. <laughs> but thanks, guys. Um, we love you. And uh, goodbye, all the cat people. And happy la- uh, belated Thanksgiving. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.